I thought I was having one of those moments. <coughs> I, I forgot the announcements or the offering, or, uh, but it was a trick. Uh, conspiracy, I think, just to test me. Everybody was looking at me. <laughs> anyway, I think we got through it. Don't worry, girls. Uh, we all have those, uh, do those things. <clears throat> but would you turn to Ruth? That might help us. Ruth chapter 4. Ruth chapter 4, verses 1 to 4. So Ruth chapter 4 and uh, verse 1, and I'll just read to the end of verse 4. So verse 1. Then went Boaz up to the gate and sat him down there. And behold, the kinsman of whom Boaz spoke came by, unto whom he said, Ho, such an one, turn aside, sit down here. And he turned aside and sat down. And he took ten men of the eldest of the city and said, Sit ye down here. And they sat down. And he said unto the kinsmen, Naomi that is come again out of the country of Moab, selleth a parcel of land which was out of brother Elimelech's, was our brother Elimelech's. And I thought to advertise thee, saying, Buy it before the inhabitants and before the elders of my people. If thou wilt redeem it, redeem it. But if thou would not redeem it, then tell me that I may know, for there is none to redeem it beside thee, and I am after thee. And he said, I will redeem it. Let's ask the Lord's blessing. Father, we do thank you for <coughs> uh, this wonderful story of Ruth. And uh, Father, we thank you for the, the many lessons uh, that are in here for us. And we pray, Lord, as we open up your word again today, help us to learn Things from it, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I've been following the story of Ruth and Naomi in my Sunday night messages. In my last message from chapter 3, we learned that Ruth visited the threshing floor of Boaz. Boaz was a wealthy man from Bethlehem. He was a kinsman, a relative of the family. And we learned that Ruth, and I suppose this was all Naomi um, explaining to her what she needed to do. We learned that Ruth visited the threshing floor of Boaz, and while he slept, she lay at his feet. At midnight, Boaz woke up, realizing someone was there. It was then that Ruth asked Boab, Boaz to take up his right as her near kinsman. And instead of being angry, as we might have thought, Boaz actually praised Ruth for her virtue. So let's go back to chapter 3, verses 8 to 11, which uh, basically gives us the context for chapter 4. And it came to pass, chapter 3, verse 8, at midnight, that the man was afraid and turned himself, and behold, a woman laid his feet. And he said, Who art thou? And she answered, I am Ruth, thine handmaid. Spread therefore thy skirt over thine handmaid, for thou art a near kinsman. And he said, Blessed be thou of the Lord, my daughter, for thou hast showed more kindness in the latter end than at the beginning, inasmuch as thou followest not young men, 
whether poor or rich. And now, my daughter, fear not. I will do to thee all that thou requirest, for all the city of my people know that thou art a virtuous woman. <coughs> As we know, Boaz <coughs> was a cousin of Naomi, Naomi's husband, Elimelech, who had died. <coughs> and by Levitical law, one of Elimelech's family should have married Ruth, <coughs> so his name wouldn't be lost in Israel. Um, Now we learn in chapter 4 that there was also a parcel of land involved um, in this, this, what is, in this uh, offer that is going to be made to this uh, near kinsman. It wasn't just so that someone might marry Ruth and raise up uh, people to her husband's name, but also there was a parcel of land that Naomi was selling. That land was Elimelech's and Naomi's husband, but as he died, it would have been his sons. But seeing they had also died, now it passed to Naomi. And it appears that Naomi had made a condition of the redemption of that land that whoever bought the land had to also marry Ruth. The land had to be sold to a kinsman so it could be kept in the same tribe. This was a part also of Levitical law. Uh, This was the reason for this particular regulation. They didn't want people from other tribes only land in their tribe because basically at this time each tribe was ruled by its own elders. Elimelech was from Judah, so only a kinsman from Judah could purchase the land. Now it's clear that Boaz understood all of this when Ruth made her appeal. He he woke up and he saw her there and... (coughs) She explained why she was there. It's clear that Boaz understood all that was involved. But as he also explained to to Ruth, there there was one problem. There was a kinsman nearer than him, verse 12 and 13. And now it is true that I am thy near kinsman, howbeit there is a kinsman nearer than I. Tarry this night, and it shall be in the morning, that if he will perform unto thee the part of the kinsman well, let him do the kinsman's part. But if he will not do the part of a kinsman to thee, then will I do the part of a kinsman to thee, as the Lord liveth, lie down until the morning. As we know, Ruth woke up before the sun really came up and slipped away as Boaz told her to with, uh, with some more food for a, for a mother-in-law. But Ruth uh, had to wait until Boaz had spoken to this other kinsman. If he accepted his right, then he would become Ruth's redeemer. If he didn't want uh, to uh, take up this offer, then Boaz told Ruth that he would do it and that he would be her redeemer. And this all brings us to chapter 4. And in chapter 4, basically, I, I think there are two themes. The first theme is what I've called Ruth's Redeemer, and then Naomi's Restorer. And uh, we'll just get to the first part of Ruth's Redeemer. I want us to see in these first four verses that we read, I want us to see the negotiation. In verse 1 we read, after what we just heard in, or read about in chapter 3, then went Boaz up to the gate and sat him down there. And behold, the kinsman of whom Boaz spake came by, unto whom he said, 
How such an one? Turn aside and sit down here. And he turned aside and sat down. After Ruth's challenge the night before, Boaz, it seems, was on a mission to find this nearer kinsman. And I, I thought, if, um, thought this is another good quality of, of Boaz. Um, he saw his responsibility to Ruth and to Naomi the night before. And as soon as the morning came, he was on the job. And uh, I know that uh, I fall down to this area many times. I have a responsibility and I often tend to put them off. Has that happened to you? It certainly happens to me. Uh, it's not a good quality. Uh, we ought to be more like Boaz. When we're given a responsibility and we know it's important, we should act on it quickly. Boaz seemed to be on a mission the very next day uh, to find this other kinsman. The verse tells us that he went to the gate of the city <clears throat> and as you know, in ancient times, the gate is off as where the, the ancient, is where the elders of the city often met. <clears throat> Um, not only that, um, this wasn't just a place where the elders met and um, Boaz wanted the elders to be there when he met this near kins kinsman. Uh, it was also the entrance to the city. So Boaz knew uh, that if he waited there long enough, his cousin would eventually come through that gate and he'd be able to see him. So he had his cousin, he would have his cousin and he would have the elders. <clears throat> now when the man finally came through, Boaz called out what it must have been a typical greeting and he asked him to sit down. Now, I don't think he would have said, ho, such an one. I think he would have said, ho, and he would have given the, na given the name of the man. He would have said, ho, and used the man's name. But because the writer doesn't seem to want to give us this man's name, the writer just called him such an one. Uh, today, we would give an Australian, uh, hey, mate, sit down here, something like that. Uh, hey, Chris, sit down here. Hey, uh, whoever you are, sit down here. Ho, such a one, turn aside and sit down here. So he saw the, this man that he was uh, wanting to see. So he, the man came over. He must have recognised Boaz and he sat down there with him at the gate. Now he may have wondered <coughs> what was happening um, when Boaz called ten of the city elders also to sit down. Uh, verse 2, uh, and he took ten men of the elders of the city and said, sit ye down here, and they sat down. Now the ten elders would have been already there. This was the gate, this is where they usually met, this is where they held their conferences, their powwows, and so the elders probably were ready, ready at hand. And so now he had his cousin sitting there, he just called ten of these uh, elders uh, to uh, to come and sit as well. And so the scene was really set for business because that's what he had in his mind, this, this transaction, this business transaction. And so we read in verses 3 and 4. And he said unto the kinsman, and he told, her about, he told him about Naomi, Naomi that is come again out of the country of Moab, selleth a parcel of land which was our brother Elimelech's. And I thought to advertise thee saying, Buy it before the inhabitants and before the elders of my people. So this is, uh, that's why the elders were there. I want you to buy this parcel of land, agree to buy it, and, we, and here are the elders to witness that you've bought it. That's what he means by that. If thou will redeem it, redeem it. If, but if thou will not redeem it, then tell me that I may know, for there is none to redeem it beside thee, and I am after thee. 
And he said, I will redeem it. Now, it's interesting, isn't it? They had advertising back in those days. We think that's a modern phenomenon, uh, but obviously not. He said, I thought to advertise thee. Now, the Hebrew word for, uh, from which the word is translated, from which the word is translated, means literally to reveal in the ear. So it's kind of like to get into the ear and, and tell somebody something. The old English word to advertise simply meant to give notice, advice or information or to inform. Boaz was advertising to his kinsmen this opportunity to buy Naomi's land. Just want to tell you about a, a deal that's come up and you're the person who has the opportunity to, 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 to take up this deal. Um, Naomi was selling this parcel of land that belonged to Elimelech, their cousin. He calls them their brother, but in the ancient times that simply meant, meant their relative. Now, by selling the land, Naomi <coughs> would um, get some money to live on. It was the end of the harvest and Ruth wasn't able anymore to go out and glean. Uh, and so there, there was a need. And so this would have met Naomi and Ruth's need. Uh, if she sold, Naomi sold this land, they would have money to live on. And it would be in keeping with the Levitical law of inheritance and keeping this parcel of land in the hands of the tribe of Judah. So uh, Boaz advertised uh, this opportunity, uh, this near kinsman, uh, and uh, when he heard the opportunity to buy it, it seems he jumped at it. Uh, it simply says in verse 4, and he said, I will redeem it. That's a, that's a good deal. He didn't sort of have to go away and say, I'll go away and think about it or anything like that. As soon as he was told about it, he said, I will redeem it. I will redeem it. Now, before we move on, I want us to learn a little bit about this word redeem. And that's basically what the rest of the message is about. <laughs> the, the word redeem here appears five times in this verse. Now, it's, it's the Hebrew word Ga'al. It's uh, probably not pronounced like that in Hebrew. <laughs> it's a G-A-A-L. Ga'al. And the word uh, translated redeem is basically the same word translated kinsman. That, uh, the word that, that, uh, that word kinsman that appears in this chapter. Where you see in verse 1 the word kinsman, it's Ga'al. Where you see the word redeem, it's so basically, they are the same thing. Now, when we think of redemption or being redeemed in the New Testament, we think of immediately, if you've done any theology or doctrine, you think immediately of the slave markets of ancient Greece and Rome. And basically, the, the concepts of redemption in the New Testament are... Uh, the concept is of uh, being bought out of the slave market of sin. Redemption, according to the Greek lexicons, is a release on payment of a ransom for a slave or debtor. It's a, you, someone is released upon the payment and the, the person that is released has been a slave or a debtor. Let's go to Mark 10, 45. Um, and we see here how uh, that uh, of the Lord Jesus... Um, made it possible for our redemption. Mark chapter 10, verse 45. 
I learnt this first many years ago. Mark 10, 45. He said, For even the Son of Man came up not to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give his life a ransom. This is our redemption, Lutron. Our ransom for many. And so the picture here is of the Lord Jesus Christ coming and ransoming himself uh, to bring about our freedom. We are born into this world. We are born in, a, in sin. and uh, We are born in bondage to Satan. He is our master. But Jesus came and gave himself a ransom for us. He ransomed us. He took our place that we might go free. And to do that, he had to pay the price for our redemption. As Peter and Paul both told us, let's go to these familiar passages. 1 Peter 1, 18. When we're thinking about redemption in the New Testament, we're thinking about the price being paid to release somebody from slavery or from a debtor. 1 Peter 1, 18 and 19. Apostle Peter reminded us, Verse 18, for as much as you know that you were not redeemed, released with corruptible things as silver and gold from the vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as a lamb without blemish and without spot. The price that Christ had to pay so that we could be released from the slave market of sin, the price he had to pay was his Precious blood, as we learned this morning in our table thought. And so, when we think of redemption in the New Testament, we think about a price being paid to, to, to release us from our sin. Have a look in Colossians chapter 1. Colossians chapter 1 and verses 14 and 15. Colossians 1. 14 and 15. In whom, we read here, verse 12, giving thanks unto the Father which hath made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints of life who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear Son in whom we have redemption, the releasing from sin through his blood. That was the redemption price. Even the, the redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. And so here is redemption in the New Testament. We think of the slave markets. Uh, we think of the price being paid to release us from the slave market of sin. Now, there are some Hebrew words uh, that basically carry that same idea in the Old Testament. Um, these are basically pictured in the redemption through the Old Testament Levitical sacrifices. As the sacrifices were made, uh, redemption was, was, was attained. But ga'al, the word that uh, is uh, redeem in, in Ruth and, and translated kinsman, it is, it is a little bit different to all the other words on redemption. And the King James translators have alerted us to this difference by using the word kinsman. It, it translates it as kinsman, it translates it as to redeem. And so we can think of this word um, ga'al as a noun 
when it's used as a noun, it's really referring to a kinsman redeemer. A kinsman redeemer. And as a verb, it's, uh, it's really telling us, or speaking uh, of a kinsman, fulfilling his redemptive responsibilities, fulfilling his redeeming responsibilities. You see, um, in the Old Testament, if you, um, have a, if you are a kinsman of somebody, you have kinsman responsibilities. You, you may have to re- redeem, be a kinsman redeemer for a near relative. And uh, these kin- kinsman responsibilities might go further than you, than you realise. They may even include revenge. Turn with me to Numbers chapter 35. This, this, you're all sort of familiar with the cities of refuge. Numbers 35. Numbers 35 and verses 13 to 19. And so Moses gives instruction for the people when they go into the land of Canaan, they were to set up six cities which were for refuge. Cities of refuge. Verse 14, he shall give three cities on this side Jordan because they hadn't gone over the Jordan yet into Canaan and three cities he shall give in the land of Canaan which shall be the cities of refuge. These six cities shall be a refuge both for the children of Israel and for the stranger And for the sojourner among them, that everyone that killeth any persons unawares may flee thither. It's not murder, it's just uh, accidental killing. And if he smite him with an instrument of vine so that he die, he is a murderer. The murderer shall surely be put to death. And if he smite him with the throwing of a, a stone wherewith he may die, and he die, he is a murderer. The murderer shall surely be put to death. Or if he smite him with a hand weapon of wood, wherewith he may die or he die, he is a murderer. The murderer shall surely be put to death. The revenger of blood himself shall slay the murderer. When he meeteth him, he shall slay him. And so it goes on, speaking about um, the the cities of refuge being really for those who didn't commit murder, uh, but uh, unintentional, uh, unintentional, killing and it was a place for them to seek refuge and where the revenger or the avenger of blood couldn't touch them. The word revenger is our word ka'al. It's it's another kinsman responsibility uh, that if um, under Levitical law a kinsman had the responsibility to avenge a relative who was murdered. Um, and so um, that's really what the word means. It's, it's a kinsman who has a responsibility to redeem. And a part of that redeeming might be to revenge. Um, now another responsibility of a kinsman for a kinsman redeemer is in Leviticus 25. Just uh, go over to Leviticus, Leviticus 25, verses 25 and 26. Leviticus 25, 25 and 6. If thy brother be waxen poor and has sold away some of his possession and if any of his kin come to redeem it, then shall he redeem that which his brother sold 
And if the man have come to redeem it and himself be able to redeem it, then let him count the years of the sale thereof and restore the overplus unto the man to whom he sold it that he may return unto his possession. And so he goes on to speak about how even eventually uh, a, a property that had been sold to someone else uh, eventually had to go back to the original owners in the year of Jubilee. Um, but here is another kinsman redeemer responsibility, the responsibility to pay or, or, or redeem a, a land, some land that had been lost or when somebody's poor to buy that land so that they could survive uh, and then eventually that land will be given back to them. And this is really the, uh, the law that Boaz was referring to or relying upon when he approached his cousin that day. He sat in the gate, he saw his cousin, he said, listen, come. And, and this, this cousin would have known about this responsibility he had as a kinsman redeemer. The law concerning a kinsman redeeming a buying of a property. And so let's go back to, to Ruth chapter 4. Now we understand that this was what the meaning of Gael is. This is what the meaning of a kinsman is. It's a kinsman redeemer who has kinsman responsibilities. And so uh, the um, Boaz told this, this unnamed kinsman that there was a block of land that he was the next in line to redeem. Did he want it? He said, I will redeem it. But then Boaz told him it was a package deal. <laughs> Verse 5. Then said Boaz, What day thou buyest the field of the hand of Naomi, thou must buy it also of Ruth the Moabitess, the wife of the dead, to raise up the name of the dead upon his inheritance. To buy the land, you also had to marry your kinsman's widow. And the reason you had to do that was to raise up the name of the dead upon his inheritance. And as we saw last time in Deuteronomy, this was also a kinsman responsibility. This was to do with, with, with a, a, a kinsman who, whose wife had been widowed. It was a responsibility of a kin, kinsman to, to marry that, that widow and to raise up an inheritance uh, to her husband. So when um, this uh, near kinsman found out that this was a package deal, uh, he wasn't so keen after all. This was a completely different proposition. And so immediately the unnamed kinsman changed his mind. Uh, he changed his mind as quickly as he'd made it up before. And we read in verse 6, And the kinsman said, I cannot redeem it. I cannot redeem it for myself, lest I mar mine own inheritance. Redeem thou my right to thyself, for I cannot redeem it. Obviously, the kinsman didn't want to marry Ruth and uh, the reason that he gave was in case he somehow marred his own inheritance. Now, we don't know this man's circumstances. We don't know if he was married or he was unmarried. We don't know if he had other children to already, an already existing wife or a wife that had died. We don't know anything about this man's circumstances. But there are some ways his inheritance might have been marred if he married Ruth. He might have had some sort of a legitimate claim. It could happen if, if, if Ruth had a son. Uh, maybe that uh, was, he was the, the only son uh, to this man or, or the first son and so this man would be heir to the property. 
A property wouldn't bear this man's name, it would bear Marlon's name or Limelech's name. And so this man's name might be extinguished in that of the former husband of, uh, of Ruth. And so his own inheritance might have been marred. Another possible meaning is that upon his death, this property might have had to been subdivided with other children uh, from perhaps another wife. And that way the children who bore his name would have less land to inherit. And so as he's sort of thinking this over, quite quickly he thought, no, this is going to ruin my inheritance if I marry this woman and raise up children to her husband's name. But whatever the man meant by that, he wasn't willing to redeem the land and marry Ruth. And I get the impression that Boaz wasn't unhappy about that. I don't know if he was sort of secretly smiling, okay. <laughs> Which is where we take up the story next time. Having seen the negotiation, I want us to go on and see the confirmation. Um, and, but uh, before I finish and... I want to just uh, read a little story I read about our redemption and what it should mean for us. A little story. Someone wrote, The price Jesus paid for our redemption was terrible indeed. When, th when we think of the extreme suffering he endured to purchase our freedom from sin's penalty, our heart should overflow with love with for him. Leslie B. Finn told a story that illustrates this truth. An orphan boy was living with his grandmother when their house caught fire. Grandmother tried to get upstairs to rescue the boy, perished in the flames. The boy's cries for help were finally answered by a man who climbed an iron drain pipe and came back down with the boy hanging tightly to his neck. Several weeks later, a public hearing was held to determine who would receive custody of the child. A farmer, a teacher and the town's wealthiest citizen all gave the reasons why they felt they should be chosen to give the boy a home. But as they talked, the lad's eyes remained focused on the floor. Then a stranger walked to the front and slowly took his hands from his pockets, revealing severe scars on them. As the crowd gasped, the boy cried out in recognition. This was the man who had saved his life. His hands had been burned when he climbed the hot pipe. With a leap, the boy threw his arms around the man's neck and held on for dear life. The other man silently walked away, leaving the boy and his rescuer alone. Those marred hands had settled the issue. Many voices are calling for our attention. Among them is the one whose nail-pierced hands remind us that he has rescued us from sin and its deadly consequences. To him belongs our love and, and devotion. We all should know um, the one that we owe our love to. He's the one whose hands has those nail prints in his hands to bring our redemption. Let's pray, shall we? Heavenly Father, we thank you for um, we thank you for our Lord Jesus Christ. We thank you for sending him uh, to be that ransom for us, to take our place, to pay that price, that precious, his, own, his own precious blood, that we might be redeemed uh, from the slave market of sin. We thank you that he is our redeemer. But also we thank you, Lord, for uh, the fact that, uh, that Boaz was willing to, to take up uh, and that kinsman responsibility for a Ruth. And I pray that, Father, we would be willing to take the responsibilities that you've given to us, that we won't slacken off them, that we will do the things that you, who are our Redeemer, have called us to do. 
Lord, we thank you for our time in your word. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.